This is the Ardella Training Podcast, the leader in innovative strength training for today's fitness enthusiast, coach, trainer, and athlete. The weekly podcast brings you all things strength and performance without the BS so you can train stronger, smarter, and safer, helping you get results. Join the revolution now and become part of the community at ArdellaTraining.com. Ardella Training is dedicated to forging athletic bodies around the world. Here's your host, strength and conditioning specialist and former physical therapist, Scott Ardella. Hey, it's Scott. Are you an intermediate to advanced kettlebell enthusiast? If so, I've got a proven powerful program for you. A challenging five-week kettlebell training experience strategically designed to get results. A progressive system for fat loss, a high level of conditioning, and to improve your training performance. There are some prerequisites. You must know how to perform the kettlebell fundamentals. The swing, the squat, the clean, the press, the snatch, and the Turkish get-up. If you have proficiency with these exercises and want a highly effective template for training success, then check out the Cutting Edge Kettlebell Domination Program. To learn more and see if it's right for you, go to ardellatraining.com slash dominate. Again, that's ardellatraining.com slash dominate. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Scott, and thank you for joining me for episode number 99. So we are number 99, which means we are one episode away from number 100, which is absolutely amazing, and you're going to really, really enjoy that special episode as well. But this episode is about fat loss. I have fat loss expert Josh Hillis, who truly is a fat loss expert, and you're going to hear why he decided to specialize exclusively in the area of fat loss and how he gets tremendous results with his clients. Josh has a new book out that he co-authored with Dan John called Fat Loss Happens on Monday. Uh, It's another great book. And I'll tell you what, we dive into a lot of the great concepts in the book in this interview session. So I highly encourage you to listen all the way through because as we get into the interview, we really start diving deeper into Josh's concepts. And he, he will give you some great fat loss tips, actionable advice, and tactics in this interview session. So I highly encourage you to listen all the way through, as I always do. Now, if you like the show, please make sure that you drop in your review in iTunes or Stitcher. Again, guys, these reviews really help to grow the show, and I would greatly appreciate it. And it's very uh, quick and easy to do. So let me tell you about Josh, in case you're not familiar with who he is. Josh is a nutrition coach who specializes in habit-based positive changes. His website, LoseStubbornFat.com, is a very popular fitness and fat loss blog and has helped thousands of readers and his fat loss and training methods and eBooks have helped many people reach their personal goals for more than 10 years. Josh is currently the head coach at Power Hour Group Personal Training in Denver, Colorado. And again, I think this is an interview you're really going to enjoy. You're going to get a lot of value out of. Uh, especially if you're interested in the area of fat loss. And the book is really, really fantastic. As a matter of fact, later on the interview, I'm going to tell you why I think this book is so good. And uh, it's really a book that I am excited to recommend to people now in terms of how to be successful with fat loss. So it's a great, great book. You're going to hear all about it. You're going to hear about the, the big picture of what it is and the concepts that are covered in the book. And let's dive into this week's interview with Josh Hillis. All right, guys, I've got Josh Hillis joining me today, and we're going to talk about his new book that he co-authored with Dan John. The new book is titled Fat Loss Happens on Monday. And uh, Josh, thanks for being here. And uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, Scott. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And uh, definitely looking forward to this because fat loss is always a great topic to discuss. So, And I have your book. I've read through part of it. I haven't finished it, as we were just talking about, but I think it is a 
a really fantastic book. And I'll actually give a little bit more perspective on, on my insight about the book as we get into the uh, discussion here. But we should probably start with uh, telling listeners about your background. So can you yeah. tell people kind of what you do and, and who you work with? Yeah, um, I do. I do entirely fat loss. I do nothing else. And 90% of my clients are women who are uh, mid 30s to mid 50s professional. Um, I mean, I, I like I actually have it like chunked down. They're mid 30s <laughs> to mid 50s professional, uh, married, have a family, have been working out at least three years and have plateaued like five to 15 pounds away from their fat loss goal. And that's um, that's who I almost always work with. And that's who I love to work with. And, uh, the fun part is kind of like taking them to the next level. That's awesome. How did you, uh, end up specializing in the area of fat loss? I mean, is this something that kind of just evolved over your time as a, as a coach and a trainer? Uh, not, not really. It was, it was actually a pretty, there was like a, there was, there was literally a day where I, where I became a fat loss trainer. Yeah. I, um, I got into kettlebell training thinking that I was going to, uh, that I was going to train Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighters. Um, cause kettlebell training had made such a difference for me in Brazilian jiu-jitsu way back in the day. But, um, I was writing my first ebook and I'd hired, a. I don't know if you ever heard of Ryan Lane. He used to do a lot of fitness business stuff. Sure. Now, now I think he's transitioned more into like straight like business and personal growth kind of stuff. But um, I'd hired him to consult on my first book, and we were talking about like I kind of written half of a book already. And he looked at it and he was like, "That's not it." He's like, "What do people actually pay you for?" And um, and we were talking about it, and most of my clients at that time had been that like busy professional mom female client that have been working out a while that you know are really looking to lose you know that aren't looking to lose 50 pounds but are looking to lose like 5 to 10 or 15 and he was like what if you specialized in that like what if that was your main thing and um and I kind of put aside everything else that I was doing I put aside like kettlebell certification prep I put aside I mean I don't get muscle gain or powerlifting or sports I like I never actually got a sports performance client anyway and um so I actually went into the gym I was I was uh training at a big box gym at the time and I took all of my clients that weren't that and I dished them off to other trainers and then I recruited from the gym population to fill the rest of my clientele in with just that and for a year, a year and a half, I literally only took clients that fit that one specific fat loss mold. And um, and and now now I'll take I'll take broader stuff. I do clients that do you know that that are looking to lose fifty pounds, or um, I will I will take slightly different stuff. But still, that's the lens that I'm always looking at. That's the lens that I'm studying through. That's the lens that I'm I'm writing for. All right. And let me just ask you a little bit about your methodology as far as training goes, training yeah. I- implements. So it's more along the lines of uh, kettlebells. Is that correct? No, no, that's a, okay. <laughs> no, you, you, know, you know, what's funny. I, I write about that all the time yeah. and the book is like about that. And, um, what's, what's funny is that like, like, like I write about that and that's what I talk about because it works really, really, really well yeah. for someone that's working out at home. Right. You know, so um, I, I am a huge fan of kettlebells. I do lots of kettlebells and kettlebell stuff. Definitely works for fat loss. And if I've got someone that's got access to more tools than that, I'll use all the tools available. I love barbells. I love cable machines. I love, you know, I mean, like, okay, I, I trained for years with just dumbbells. Um, to me, I'm like, let's hit some big movements and let's pick up heavy stuff. And, you know, kettlebells work really well. I like it, it simplifies things a lot. If I like, like generally, if I give someone a kettlebell, they're going to be like, Oh, this is the kind of things people do with kettlebells. They do like swings and presses and squats. And it kind of like filters into the kinds of movements that I like and the kind of train that I like. But I, I'm definitely not one of those people that's like a kettlebell. I, I feel like a lot of people treat kettlebell training almost like it's a martial art. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I'm, I'm just like, Let's 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 move stuff. Let's paradise training. Let's let's do stuff that is kind of minimalist. Hey, explain and, uh, that a little bit. Yeah. What do you mean uh, with the comparison to martial arts? I'm just curious. Oh, so um, as 
so there's a lot of trainers that, that treat kettlebell training like it's a like like, like it's a hobby. You know, and so like like you take someone that does Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, right? And they're gonna spend like ten years like refining their form on you know and refining their technique and their timing and all these things, and I think that's super cool. And like I love that kind of training for myself, and my clients don't care at all. You know, like <laughs> right. my clients just yeah. want to lose fat. Yeah, and, and like they're like, I got you. I'm like. Right. So you want to make it as simple as possible and not overcomplicate things. Essentially, yeah. is kind of what you're saying. All right. Yeah. I mean, I don't even have my clients. I mean, this is this is like kettlebell, like complete going against the grain pillar. I'll probably get hate mail. I don't even <laughs> have my clients get, do Turkish get-ups. I don't have my clients do snatches. Okay. I mean, wow. You know. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> well, let's talk about your uh, your book. Fat loss happens on Monday. Let me ask you about yeah. the title. How did the uh, title come to be the title came to me because i was talking to dan and dan said the title should completely encompass the book and at the same time tell you nothing about it without having read the book (laughs) (laughs) and um and that was a i like like that title kind of popped out and i thought it was kind of silly and everyone that i bounced it off of was like oh that's great like you should totally use that and so that's that's the title nice well, it's good to test it out, and if it works with people and people give it the thumbs up, then you kind of know you have a winner. So, yeah. <laughs> How did you end up teaming up with uh, Dan John on this? So Dan actually – it's funny because this, this entire thing came from hanging out with Dan um, like five years ago. Like I think it might have been – actually, it might have been more than that. It might have been like seven years ago. Um, I, I, I don't know exactly. Dan was coming through Denver. And he was like, we should hang out. And so we were hanging out at my house. We did a little lifting. We did a little chilling. And we're sitting on my couch. And he was um, he was playing with some frameworks for uh, simplifying coaching. And they were frameworks that would later make it into um, interventions and uh, um, and easy, easy strength even, but kind of more intervention. And so he was kind of doing like the intervention thing that he does for athletes like for my career and he was trying to distill down what I do into like the simplest kind of chunks. And, um, and after about an hour, we like, we crystallized that into what would later become, uh, my ebook system six and system six was like very well liked and very, um, poorly purchased, right? Like, um, a lot of people <laughs> were like, Oh, that's amazing. And then, but I mean, it, it didn't sell a zillion copies. Um, and uh, so it was, but System Six was kind of like this idea of like what would happen if, if I had clients do, which I'd been doing at the time. I'd been experimenting with what the absolute minimum amount of workouts a person could do and still lose fat. And so it was still it was leaning towards like let's put the nutrition first and let's dial the workouts way back. And um, and System Six was literally the absolute minimum. And, um, so, but anyway, I was, I was sitting down with Dan about two years ago, um, at perform better in long beach. Right. And he was like, Hey, um, I want you to meet Larie, who's his editor at, at our target publications. And we want to talk about making system six into a hardback book. And we sat down and Dan was like, so here are the things that were really cool about system six. And here are the things that you can definitely cut. And so we, we cut a lot of the stuff that wasn't as cool and ended up going way deeper on some of the stuff that was. And, um, and then obviously Dan ended up writing like a bunch of genius chapters and putting those in. And, <laughs> right. and, and originally the original book, like even System 6, came from his whole park bench, um, bus bench idea and also um, uh, like standards and gaps and like, like all these concepts from – Intervention, yep. and and for people that are listening that don't know Dan's concept of park bench versus bus bench, is his whole thing is like some workouts are like being on a park bench. On a park bench, you're kind of just chilling, and you know you're like passing the time. Where on a bus bench, you're like waiting for a bus, like a bus is going to come and take you somewhere. And so he uses that as a as a metaphor for the workouts, the like the daily workouts that people clock in every day. They're actually like the more important ones, right? Versus like the 30 day super killer ultimate challenge thing that is cool to do once in a while, but that's 
not the meat of your fitness journey. Yeah, that, that's a really important concept to understand, actually, the park bench versus the bus bench workout. Like, that is a right? huge, huge concept to really understand and how that fits into someone's training approach. Yeah. So, uh, Josh, give us an overview, like a big picture overview of what this book is. Obviously, it's about fat loss, but yeah. what, what are the big components of the book? So the big components are, um, so, and, and like, like one of the things everyone always asks is like, what does the title mean? <laughs> um, the, the title fat loss happens on Monday is about like, like Monday is just a metaphor for first. And so the whole book is about putting nutrition habits first. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's a matter of like working on the skills that people actually need, like planning and shopping and cooking and journaling and, and like all the different ways that we get strategic about food and, um, and how to like, like, like I actually look at those things as skills. Yes. And so it's, it's one of those things where like, like shopping is a skill, planning is a skill. And every time you work on your planning, like every time you look at like, Hey, what worked and what didn't work about my food last week, you get an opportunity to replan and get like more strategic where it, like almost all of my clients on some level are just like white knuckling their diet. They're like, I hope it works out. Like I'm trying <laughs> really hard. Right. Right. Where, where most of the issues that they have with where their diet comes off, you know, comes off the tracks are things that come up over and over and over and over again. And it's like, maybe we should just plan for that. And so that's, that's kind of the, the big picture of the book is like, let's plan and shop and cook better and, and actually get you the results you want versus focusing on like a diet or like a ridiculous workout program. Josh, let me take a step back. I want to, uh, before we start diving deeper into the book and some of the concepts here, let, yeah. me, let me ask you about the results. So what, yeah. type, what type of results do you typically see with your clients? That's a great question. And this, this is one of those things where, like, like sometimes when I, when I talk about it, it almost seems kind of funny. I'm like, my typical client is losing a pound a week. Okay. And um, I think that's awesome. I think that's yeah. super, super, super awesome. But sometimes even my clients are like, I watch The Biggest Loser. They lose like 10 pounds in a week. <laughs> and um, like, I think a pound a week is amazing. It's like sustainable. Yes. It's yes. repeatable. And, um, and we can play that game for, you know, we can play that game for five pounds or 80 pounds. Like it, it's, it's really like realistic. And, um, and so you know, depending on the client, like I'll get a lot of clients that actually don't need to lose any scale weight at all. So for them, I'm looking to lose two to 3% body fat per month. And so if someone's losing 3% body fat, I think that's awesome. If they're losing 2% body fat, that's pretty cool. If they're losing 1%, then like we're probably, there's probably something else to adjust. Right. And, um, and that kind of, and then from like a circumference measurement standpoint, that usually looks like an inch a month. Sometimes it's more than that. Like we'll get some months that are like two inches and but that's, uh, that's, that's kind of how that looks. And would you say most people kind of going back to that sustainability issue, yeah. um, are, are most people able to maintain their weight loss, their fat loss? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, so, okay, this is the, one of the things that makes it sustainable is the, like, I, like I'm not giving them something that's like huge and crazy and new. Right. Like we start with what they're eating now, and like they're already eating that now, and we'll make like a little change, like a really, really, really little change, and like it's pretty easy to sustain a little change. So, so, to, so to answer your question straight, yeah, yeah, people are definitely able to maintain that, and we'll we'll play different games over time. Like, you know, if I've got a client for five years. They're probably going to hit their fat loss goal, and then we'll work on something else. Like maybe they'll run a 5K, or maybe they'll, you know, work, start learning to mount rock, to rock climb or, or something like that. Right. And we'll, they'll take some time off and focus on something else. Like let's say they run a triathlon, you know, and then they come back and like, and so like four months later, we've been working on them running a triathlon, we're maintaining their strength and that kind of stuff. And we've kind of put food a little bit on the back burner. And they're usually, maybe they're up three pounds, or maybe they're up four pounds, and maybe they're like, ah, I don't care, like, let's run on a triathlon. Or maybe they're like, you know what, I want to lose those four pounds again. Let's kind of start adding in a little bit of the structure for the fat loss again, and we'll do a little fat loss phase again. And then we'll work on something else. Maybe they're like, hey, I want to do, uh, 
you know, uh, tackle strength challenge, or I, I want to work on some kind of crazy yoga move, or yeah. well, whatever. So we'll cycle in and out of it, but I mean, we're talking, you know, little, little differences and, and it seems to get a little bit easier every time. Like a lot of the habits stick. And so, um, so each, each time through they get a little bit leaner and it gets a little bit easier. Yep. So it sounds like uh, small changes equals small wins and, and you're keeping them focused on new goals all the time, which I think is really yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Cause like, like maintenance isn't, like maintenance is kind of like, it's not sexy. It's not fun. It's not exciting. Right. And so it's like, let's do something else. Yeah. And, and, and they, they get to pick. Um, and them getting to pick is actually a huge, that's a huge thing that kind of like, so for, for trainers listening, um, one thing that is like major, a major, major, major foundation of the book that like, I never explicitly say is, um, you know, like like the whole thing about there's there's groups of habits, and they get to choose which group of habits they're going to work on. Um, for me, a big, big, big thing is letting the clients pick the next move. And so it's it's one of those things where clients always, or trainers always ask me like, "What about you know how why are your clients so compliant?" You know, and I'm like, because they don't use the word compliance. Like I'm not like putting something on them. Right. I'm like, right. Hey, what's that next step that you think? Like, what, what do you think we should make as a next step? You know, what is, what's the next change you want to make in your diet that you think would make a difference? And I'll guide them a little bit, but like most of what we're doing, I'm giving them a structure and they're choosing for themselves. And if they choose for themselves, then, then they do it. <laughs> right. 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 Um, so anyway, that's, that, that's a little offshoot, but yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. Cause I, I think that's kind of like a, a team effort. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a joint exactly. approach. You know, you're not really telling them that you're letting them figure out what the next move is, you know? And, yeah. Um, and another, another thing on that, that's like super hilarious is that my clients are way smarter than me. Like they will <laughs> come up with stuff that is so much better yeah. than like that, than that, like great strategy I had in my back pocket that like half the stuff I do, I swear I've stolen from my clients. So <laughs> nice. Well, listen, one thing I got to ask you about is the, yeah. the use of the food journal. So yeah. what have you found to be the most effective way to use the food journal? So, you know, we have, uh, you know, we can paper journal things. We can yeah. use online journals, uh, pictures, apps and things like that. I've had this conversation with previous guests and I really wanted to ask this question for you. You know, what, what do you use and and what works the best? Really great question. Um, so, uh, there's, there's two, there's two like, like hard ends, the spectrum that have two like solid answers. And then there's everything in the middle. So on one end of the spectrum is someone that has most of their like planning, shopping and cooking habits already dialed in. Um, for them, I'm almost always going to have them use, uh, something like my fitness pal where they're going to enter in their food and we're going to see like hard numbers. Like here's your calories, here's your protein, here's your carbs, here's your fats. And we can like go right to work on those numbers and like what's going to have an impact on, on their goals immediately. Um, the opposite of the spectrum is someone that's been like counting calories for like three years and they're like super, like it like gets into their head in a bad way. And for them, I'm going to take them entirely out of that, and I'm going to have them do a paper journal, usually in a, uh, in like a day timer, right. you know, something that actually has the days already listed. I found that works way better than like an empty journal. Okay. Um, and um, and so for them, we're going to work. So on, so like the the numbers side, we're going to work like entirely on the numbers, like you know, like calories, protein. On the other side, we're going to have the person that's working entirely on um, essentially on quality of food, right? And we're going to be looking at the quality, and a lot of times I'll also have them journal um, something that they uh, like, like how they felt about what they ate. Like, hey, I had a lot of energy, or this made me feel really bad, or I was really full after this, or I was really hungry after this, and sometimes even. Um, things that they're grateful for about their body or things that they're learning about fitness, you know, things that, um, uh, edge them over time towards a a better body image. Right. So you use a combination then of the the paper and and the online, depending on the, uh, the individual and kind of where they're coming from. Yeah, exactly. Josh, what's the hard talk? This is a, uh, an important (laughs) chapter. So, 
the, the, the hard talk is my uh, favorite and least favorite conversation to have with a client. It's, it's the conversation where we, where we really get down to the fact that all that they, everything that they want um, in terms of body composition is, is going to be a food issue. And a lot of times that's, that is a hard talk because they've got all these ideas like, well, hey, you know, 15 years ago, I just ran every day and everything worked, you know? And it's like, well, you know, this isn't 15 years ago. And maybe, you, you know? <laughs> right. um, and, um, and so we have this hard talk where it's like, no, really, it is the food. It's not the workouts. It's not your age. It's not your, it, like, it's not, it's, it, it is all those things. And yet none of those matter. Like, if you want results really quickly, we've got to take a look at your food. And, um, and one of the things I like to say is that the workouts are necessary, but they're not sufficient to hit your goals. Right. So it's just getting people, like, really, really straight about, like, hey, wait. The quantity, like, regardless of what I read or regardless of what stupid thing came on the TV, like, the quantity of my food matters and the quality of my food matters. And we're going to need to make some, we're going to need to make some change. And, like, I try and make the changes as, as harmless as possible, but, like, let's get real. We need to make some changes to your food if you want results now. Bottom line is it's, it's really all about the food when you're talking yeah. about fat loss. Yeah. And part, yeah. Of that, part of that is, like, the client that I get... I, I always get clients that have been working out like two, three, four, five, ten years. You know, like I don't get clients that were working out has been a problem, you know. Interesting. So that leads me to the next question. So is it food quantity or food quality? <laughs> <laughs> it's both. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those things where like uh, I, I like to simplify it in that the quantity of your food equals your scale weight. And the quality of your food and your strength in your workouts equal your leanness, your body fat percentage, or in client speak, like how toned you are. So, um, so if, if I've got a client that's, uh, that's, that's essentially like skinny fat, like I'll get a lot of clients that are skinny fat, where um, their scale weight's pretty low, you look at them in clothes and they look skinny. Right. And, um, but you know, they're like, I don't like the way I look in a bikini. I like, I don't like the way I look naked. And so for that client, it's really going to be about, um, quality food and it's going to be about strength. And then for the client that does have like 20 pounds to lose, it's going to be about quantity of food. And then for everyone in the middle, it's usually both. Sure. So I was really glad to see that you talked about protein. I'm, I'm a big fan of protein and, you know, obviously we have three macronutrients and and protein is really the one that's the most consistent. And you talked about how the, you know, differences between carbs and and fats and, and kind of adjusting depending on the person. I'm wondering if you could talk about that because, you know, certainly with all the, uh, information, um, and the growing movement towards, uh, paleo nutrition. And so I'm a huge advocate of that. But yeah. I think you make some some very good points in there about the different macronutrients. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, totally. Um, protein wise, I, uh, and I and I try and back this up with a lot of research um, in, in in the book, um, or at least position papers from from credible organizations. Right. I I tend to lean towards uh, three quarters three quarters of a gram of protein per pound of body weight. Um, that seems to be enough to maintain muscle during fat loss. And that's, that's the big thing that I'm looking for. That being said, I could adjust that. Like if, if I had a client that was, um, that was losing, uh, they were losing fat, but we, we body fat tested and you're like, and we're like, wow, you're losing fat and muscle. I could crank that up. Um, and then for clients that are, uh, that have literally like never eaten protein before, um, I may start a lot lower and work them up. And, and literally, I'll work someone up, like, five grams of protein per day. We'll up that, like, every week. And so um, same, same kind of thing where it's, like, eating protein is a skill. And a lot of people don't necessarily – a lot of people don't think about, like, planning their meals from protein. Like, they don't realize that most trainers kind of plan their meals from protein. And then they add in carbs or fats later, depending on what, what they're doing at the time. So that's, that's kind of where I'm going from a protein perspective. Um, in terms of carbs and fats – I, I'll totally adjust it based on what has people feel full. 
And contrary to popular belief, I actually have had clients that feel a lot more full with higher percentages of, of carbohydrates. Yeah, I and, thought that was uh, interesting when I read that in the book, actually. Yeah, yep. and, and people think that's crazy, but it, it turns out people are actually different. Right. <laughs> and, um, and as long as the quality is right, then, um, then I, I, don't, I don't care. You know, I mean, like, fat loss is a lot easier when you feel full. Yeah, absolutely. And, then, well, and, and like, you're talking about paleo, like... Lately, everyone's talking about paleo like it's a like it's a super low carb diet. But I mean, I, I remember when I first read about it back in the day. I definitely didn't get that impression. Yeah, I was I was looking at it more from a from a quality perspective, and um, and that I thought was cool. So I mean, like if someone was doing paleo and they wanted to do high carb paleo, you know, it's just it's just a lot of fruits and veggies, and I, I think that's killer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm so, glad you, I'm glad you said that because I think that's kind of a big misperception sometimes about paleo. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really about the quality of carbohydrates, you know, avoiding yeah. the, the sugars and the processed carbs, the wrong carbs. Yeah. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be, um, a really, you know, carb restricted type diet. Right. And, um, you know, especially if you're training at a high level, some of the yeah. things that we talk about here on the show, training pretty aggressively, you know, depending yeah. on di- different programs and things like that. And if you're talking about muscle building, you know, you need carbohydrate, Right. To, to build muscle, you know, and I, I've actually asked Rob Wolf this and, and other paleo experts, like you, you, it's very hard to, to really build muscle on a, uh, a paleo type approach, especially if you have a, uh, a lower carb type right. diet. So exactly. I, I think there was, I feel like there was some research I saw just like two weeks ago, like something just came out where it was on how, um, it was on low carb diets uh, adversely affecting exercise intensity, and and I don't remember if it was resistance training or if it, or if it was endurance, but it was one of those things where it was it was pretty clear right. that it would have a negative impact on on your intensity. And so so yeah, interesting. All right, let me ask you about uh, the four ninja food skills. Uh, yeah, you want to touch on these a little bit? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Um, so so you're looking at like planning and shopping and cooking and portioning uh, ahead of time, and and again like I look at those like they're like they're all individual skills you know like learning a kettlebell swing is a skill, and that a lot of clients that I get will um, really not be used to doing one or more of those, and they need a lot of reps and they need a lot of practice. And even when we start like focusing on that, they're gonna mess it up about half the time, and that's and that's that's okay, you know. It's it's one of those things where we just need to practice those things. But it's it, but like those are the things that are gonna impact most people's results more than the perfect diet or the perfect macronutrient profile or eating the exact right carb. You know, it's like have you tried shopping? You know, have you tried planning? And um. And it, it just comes back to one of those things where, like, if I sit down with a client and we plan out their week, we can actually see almost everything that's going to throw them off ahead of time. And there will be, like, the odd fluke thing that will happen, and I don't even care about that. I, I just want to hit, like, the big things that they're, like, they start to plan and they're, like, oh, man, on Wednesday I've got a work lunch and they bring in food. What do I do? I'm, like, well, what, what do you think you could do? Wow. <laughs> You know, maybe uh, there's usually some protein. I could have some of that. And usually there's, you know, some version of I'll have the best choice of what's available. Like, oh, yeah, that'll work. Okay, cool. You know, or um, my spouse doesn't like this. And and what do I do? Or I've got a date night. What do I do? And, um, And we can actually talk that through. We can talk through, like, hey, is it worth trying to, like, plan a better way to do that? Or should we just call it a free meal and, like, not worry about it? Right. And they're like, oh, I could do that? Yeah. How many times can I do that? I don't know. Let's find out. You know? <laughs> so out of those four food skills, is there one that maybe is the most limiting that you see? So is planning maybe the, the big area that people get stuck with? M- most of the time. Most of the time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Plan- planning is one of those things where um, it's like, like we can kind of see the future. And if, if you just sketch out what's going to happen the next couple days, you can actually – I mean – this is going to sound really silly, but I've got clients that we get them major results by just having them be like, oh, I was going to cook. I'm going to cook this on Tuesday. That means I need to go shopping today. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> okay. 
you know, and and it, it seems it seems silly from like a from like a trainer perspective, but like that's where the games really really won, and so planning is just a way to impact all of the other skills. It's like, hey, I need to shop, or or you know what, like. I had like I made the right thing and I ate two plates and so it's like should I portion that differently and, and like that's kind of like an extreme example that's not the client I normally get but the client I, I normally get might be like you know what I, I had more than I intended to and maybe if I portioned that ahead of time it would have been fine or maybe if I um, maybe if I set the uh, so something's coming up right now a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot is everyone's like. There are so many off. There's so many treats at the office. There's like candy and there's like Christmas cookies and and so I'm like, okay, what could we plan? They're like, well, you know, there's candy on my on like the next desk over. Like, I could ask them if I could move that like further down. Okay, cool. And you know, I could bring in good snacks. Okay. And I come in next week and I'm like, how'd the snacks go? They're like, oh, they went terribly. I didn't have any. Okay, so should we go shopping, or should we? Or they're like, I bought them and I took them home, and then I just didn't have time to prep them. Okay, when can we schedule in prepping? Okay, great. So you're gonna prep your food. It's scheduled in. Can you text me after you're done prepping it? Yeah, I can do that. Okay, sweet. And um, and like it's and so it's like those kinds of like little little things that all come in. Like it's all the things that fall under planning. Right. So. That kind of leads me to ask this question. This is definitely a, a big question I wanted to ask and hear your um, opinion on this. And you yeah. talk about it in the book, obviously. But uh, willpower. Yeah. So, I've read different things on, on willpower. And, um, you know, is it a myth or is it something else? I, I kind of like the example that, that Dan uses sometimes that, like, you've got a limited amount of willpower. Right. And so, like, where are you going to spend it? And um, and it's, it's one of those things where, like, the the – it, it's not that it's not that it doesn't take a little. It, it definitely takes a little. And like using that as a foundational like strategy is is horrible. It's like horrible. Yeah, like white knuckling. Yeah. Like don't eat the treats. Don't eat the treats. <laughs> like that's insane. Yeah, that is never gonna work. Right. Um. So it's it's one of those things where if if we can get strategic, it just doesn't take as much willpower. It takes way less willpower. And um. And so it's it's you know and that comes up everywhere. That's like you're you're going to the office party and you're or you're going to the holiday party, and you're like uh, you're like oh don't have a drink of wine don't have a drink of wine. If we planned ahead of time, you could either say you know what I'm going to take those free meal and I'll have a couple glasses of wine it won't be a big deal, or you could say you know what I'm going to get uh, some tonic water and here's what I'm going to say to my friends when they try and pressure me and you know like. Like you could actually like if you plan ahead of time, you don't have to make the decision in the moment. Right. And right. making the decision in the moment is like disaster. I mean, like you don't like you don't want you don't want to be figuring out what to have dinner, what to have for dinner when you're tired and starving. That's that's like more willpower than I've got, and I'm and I'm a trainer. Yeah. You know. So. Um, it, so yeah. It, it really comes back to planning ahead. And, and I'll admit that myself. I mean, you know, when, when I plan things, when I plan my meals and I prepare, it's not an issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. The willpower thing is an issue because you're, you know, you're stocked up. You've got your food. You know what I mean? It's, but yeah. when, you, when you don't plan and you don't bring a snack or a meal or something like that, that's when you, you run into trouble. So Yeah, and it, and it becomes habitual. It becomes just like a thing that that you do, and then it, it doesn't feel like you're. It doesn't even feel like you're on a program. I mean, like the clients that I've had long term, like we don't have to manage that anymore. And they'll be like, "Oh man, I had a, I had like the, the last two weeks were super stressful, and like everything came off the wagon, and I'm like up a pound, and I'm like, you're down like." 16% body fat from when we started and 20 pounds and you're up a pound on like a bad week. It's, it's fine. It's, it's, <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it's absolutely. So totally fine. Yep. Josh, so you've talked about the, uh, the four food skills. Let's talk about habits a little bit. Yeah. So, um, so like, like, like we've touched on a lot, a lot already. We've touched on like, um, you know, planning, preparing, shopping, um, you know, some of the others are things like, um, like, like eating slower, you know, and, and this is where it gets to where like, not, 
like I, I give people groups of habits because not everyone needs to work on the same things. But like for some people, eating slower is going to be huge. Or just realize, or like stopping at 80%, like realizing that they don't need to eat everything on every plate every single time. And, um, and so it's, it's a matter of, of looking at like which ones are going to have the biggest impact on, on your individual situation. And, um, and you know, uh, like, like I mentioned before, there, there's even, there's even like a, like a mindfulness sequence where we, we look at habits around writing down how we felt after we ate and writing down things that we're grateful for and things that we like about our body and things that we learned. And, um, and so like, like that's like a, an entirely different habit set from like going straight to the numbers, like what's going to have the biggest impact on my goal versus the habit set of like planning, preparing, shopping. And so that, that's, that's kind of what I'd say about habits is that, um, like, like none of these are things you haven't heard of before. None of them are rocket science. None of them. I mean, like sometimes I say them and I, it, it almost feels silly, like shopping, you know? Yeah. But I, again, I just, I just want to get like, like they're, they're, they're different ones are foundational for different people. And essentially you're going to work on the ones that are going to be the hardest. And so it's like, it's just a matter of how, like, how, how simply and easily you can implement them. You know, like if, if you've never journaled before and you're like, I want to journal every meal that next week, that's probably a recipe for disaster. What about journaling dinner? What about journaling dinner Monday through Friday? Or what about journaling lunch and dinner, you know, or, um, shopping, shopping, man, or, or, or planning or, or cooking. How about, how about planning shopping and cooking for Wednesday and Thursday? You know, so it, it's it, it's like whatever you take on, can it be like make sure it's a, like whatever you take on habit wise. Yeah. Make sure that you set yourself up to win because you can build on that next week and the week after and the week after that and the week after that. Like you've it's if you're, if you're really patient, you know, you can build over time. And um, and I know I'm going way off on a tangent from your original question. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. But the thing that I would say is that it, it's, it's one of those things where um, I think there's a huge misconception in terms of these habits that people think that they have to get it all right next week. Like, it has to be perfect for them to get any results. And I just wanted to get that, like, if you've never planned, shopped, and cooked before, if you plan, shop, and cook for one day next week, you're going you're gonna to lose a pound probably just, like, even thinking about it. And the flip side is if you're someone that's like plan shopped and cooked like all your life, then you can probably take, you can probably take that to the next level in, in a bigger way. It's just a matter of like setting up the habits game to take you to the next level in your life, whatever that, whatever that looks like. Right. Well, you know, I think the, the big thing here, you know, first of all, these habits are really simple, you know, 11 simple <laughs> habits. And, uh, Number two is really to start small, like you said, you know, so just take it incrementally. And that's really a big message that stood out to me in the book is, again, going back to the small wins. Mm -hmm. And that's a really, really important thing to understand, I think. And and, and you know what? Even even for advanced clients, like like if if I've got someone that's like that really has everything dialed in, we, we might be able to make what would look like a bigger change to a beginner client, but for them, it's still a small manageable change. Like, like, like a more advanced client, I might be able to say, Hey, let's, uh, let's, let's increase the protein to this number and let's decrease the calories to this number on all, you know, and that, that literally impacts all of their shopping, planning, cooking for every meal next week. And, um, but for them, that's totally manageable. Right. That's still a small manageable, manageable change. Totally. Josh, give us a big picture about the, uh, the program. So we talk a lot about uh, nutrition and habits and the importance of that, but tell us a little bit about the, the, the program component in the book and, oh, totally. and, and the principles behind it. Okay. Um, so biggest things I'm looking at is um, I like to look at cycles and periodization and um, do, do I even need to say big movements anymore? Are there, are there people that are, that are not doing that yet? Ah. Um, <laughs> um, but so, so what I'm looking at is I'm looking at a push, a pull, and a squat, a push, pull, squat, and hip hinge. And we're doing that with kettlebells and body weight and maybe a barbell to deadlift if they have access. And um, I'm looking at, like, cycles of training. 
So in general, every phase, they're going to start with a pretty low volume. And they're going to build up in volume each week. And then also each phase, also each week, the volume cycles. So each week they're going to have a hard, medium, and easy day. And then each month they're going to have easy week, a couple medium weeks, and a hard week. And so like each easy week is going to be, it's going to feel too easy. And each hard week is going to feel a little overreaching. And, um, and then, uh, and then I like to change the, um, I like to change the rep range every month. So we move from like a, like a more middle of the road, like I call it metabolic rep range to endurance rep range, like super high reps to super low reps and strength. And, um, and so we'll, we'll cycle through that on a, on a regular basis. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's basic alternating periodization and, and having a plan. Um, which I think a lot of the, a lot of the educated trainers are going to be like, Oh yeah, of course. Right. Um, but then, um, then like I go into like a 24 hour fitness and I'm like, what are these people doing? (laughs) Um, but one thing that is, that is distinct, like I talk to a lot of people that do, um, they do like, like most of, most of sort of like my friends in the industry tend to lean towards like strength training, like either volume or percentage periodization. Um, I do veer into drastically different rep ranges. I will do a high rep phase. I will do a medium rep phase. I will do different high rep and medium rep phases. I will do different strength phases. And, um, and so for people that do have more, have like a straight strength emphasis, my clients won't get as strong as fast, but, um, but it's worth it because we'll lean a little bit towards, you know, inefficiency every month. Like we'll, we'll go into rep range that they're not used to. And um, and in dealing with that, they get a they get a little little extra little extra fat loss workout bonus. What's a uh, high rep range for you, and uh, in, in what type of exercise? I mean, are you talking about like a kettlebell swing type exercise or or something else? Well, ke- kettlebell swings are always going to lean lean towards higher reps. Um, right. You know, I mean, like like just from like hip hinges in the program. Um, deadlifts are always going to be on the lower end rep range, lower end side of the equation, and kettlebell swings are always going to be on the higher end end of the uh, equation. But for everything else, it's going to change. Like you may do uh, up to twenty reps in one phase, and you may be in like you know, one to five or two to six reps in a different phase. Right. Right. So, um, so it, uh, it's, it, and, and so, so that, that's another thing. Like my, my rep ranges in this book are huge compared to most books. Like, like most books, the rep range might be like 10 to 12 reps here. I might give you between eight and 15 and, and there's really distinct reason for that. And that's just because, um, it is based around kettlebell training versus like if you had access to a zillion dumbbells. Um, the jumps, even even now, even now that they have kettlebells that kind of fill in the gaps between, most people still have like big jumps between their kettlebell sizes. So if I give them if they get, if I give them a big range, then they can work up and be making progress on reps, and then by the time they hit that like top end of the rep range, they're probably ready for that next kettlebell. I wanted to go back to a, a question I, I didn't ask, and I'm just thinking I have a word this, but how would you recommend for listeners that are interested in fat loss to to gauge and track their progress? What's the easiest way that someone can measure fat loss? The easiest way, uh, <laughs> I want to say the scale. Um, the, the two easiest ways are the scale and your circumference measurements. And, um, you know, for the client that really does have like 15, 20 pounds to lose, I would go, I would go scale. And I, I know scale gets a bad rap, but there's a, there's a portion of clients that actually just need to lose scale weight. And so that's fine. That's totally fine. And then for the people that are more towards the, towards the like skinny fat side, like right. they don't have a lot of pounds to lose circumference measurements or circumference measurements are, are great. Um, because they kind of get at that body fat percentage thing without having to do calipers. Yeah. And, yeah. um, I love calipers and I'm fairly good at them, but, um, but e- even still, even, even having done this for like 11 years and a zillion clients, it, it's still 
probably the highest margin of error of, of the three different measurements that I use. So. Absolutely. That's why I wanted to ask you that question because I think that calipers, I mean, it's, even if you've been doing it a long time, it's, it's hard to, the reliability with calipers is, is challenging. I mean, let's face <laughs> yeah. it. And so yeah. I'm just thinking for people that are listening that are trying to really track and, uh, you know, measure their, their, their fat loss, circumference measurements are probably the, the quickest, easiest way to do that. So yeah, awesome. it, it's a lot. It's a lot harder to mess up a circumference, circumference measurement. That that being said, one one little tip for people: I see a lot of people measure their waist at the smallest place, and that's usually not um, <laughs> right. Right, so, right, um, right. So if you measure your waist around your belly button, that'll get more towards you know the results you're actually looking to impact. You're like, hey, wait, my. Stomach is getting smaller. Um, and then hips, we just do right around the biggest point. And I used to take a zillion, but now I just do waist to the belly button level and hips to the biggest point. And um, that gives us a pretty clear idea of, of where things are going. And what do you think is a fair time point to, to remeasure? Like how, um, often, how often should they measure? I, I've done it different ways at different times. If, if at the very least you're measuring once a month, I, I think that's fine. Okay. I've, I've gone through phases where I would measure something every week, and I would rotate through what. So one week we do scale weight, one week we do circumference measurements, one week we do body fat. And for some clients, that's actually less pressure because we're so like since we're measuring every week, it isn't like it's the end of the month. I hope it got better. You know, like like that can be like a lot of pressure for most people and, and like like kind of scary almost. Um, so for some clients, it, it actually makes more sense to measure more often as long as you really dig in on like, hey, we're measuring more often. Let's actually put less emphasis on it. Let's get less crazy about it. If you're up this week or you're up today, like that doesn't matter. If, you're, if your body fat percentage is up, but your, but your uh, circumference measurements and your scale weight's down, that's probably my user error. If, you know, like so... So it's uh, it's one of those things where I will lean towards whatever is best for an individual client. So for the people that are listening for themselves, like that's a matter of like if you know you get crazy measuring a lot, then don't do that. And fl- on the flip side, if you know you get crazy, like one big like like final exam test every month, if that makes you more crazy, then don't do that. And so um, I've actually had some clients where. Literally, what has them feel the best is to hop on the scale every single day and put it into um, now. There's now there's like two or three different apps that will sync with your Wi-Fi scale and give you a trend line, and it um, it's it's it like really chills them out to see the trend line and how their daily scale weight like almost doesn't impact that at all. Interesting. So. Um, if you find those, uh, we'll attach um, – send them to me and we'll attach a link. We'll put it in the show okay. notes for the episode. Cool. I'll totally. So this is a great book. I think we covered kind of a lot of the uh, the big picture of what fat loss happens on Monday is. And I said to you when I started reading this book through email that this is really the fat loss book that I wanted to recommend to people that – never existed until now. And I really like this book because it's very simple and effective principles. And I feel like if people apply the, the simplicity of this book, they're going to get really great results. And that, that's why I really like this book. So that's I think you guys did a, a great job. Yeah. I mean, you guys did a really great job with this. And I, I really mean that. And, you know, fat loss, again, is, is about habits more than anything else. And I think you just you guys outlined the the importance and the significance of that. So um, awesome job! Where Thank do you, you where do you recommend uh, people go to get the book? Uh, Amazon.com, and, perfect. And you can get it in uh, in soft cover, in Kindle, or even in audiobook. And we actually all read our parts ourselves. So oh, that's nice! Kind of fun. Well, that's a great way to learn it. I am a fan of audiobooks for sure, and I always make my pitch here um, for the actual physical book because I yeah I. I always buy the physical books. I, I do buy some, you know, PDFs and Kindle stuff and everything, but I, it's great for travel because then you have all your uh, books on a uh, iPad or whatever. But man, I, I love the physical book. So you know, yeah. when the when your book came out, I grabbed it on Amazon, and it's it's a great high quality book put out by On Target uh, Publications, of course. You know, Thanks, which is absolutely fantastic. So. 
Josh, a couple more questions before we wrap up yeah. here. So I, I know that sure. you're a, a speaker at the Strength mm -hmm. Matters Summit. Um, I wonder if you could just talk about that and uh, give people specifics on when that is and where to go to find out more information about it. Yeah, that'll be it. Uh, um, they, they can check it out at strengthmatters.tv. And... Um, Oh man, I'm actually blanking on the on the date. Hold on, let me let, let me, let me pull that up. <laughs> it, it, it's in a couple months, but it, it's a really cool summit. It's um it's all about uh, intermediate and advanced information. So I'm going to go way beyond um, what's in the book, since the book's like aimed at uh, clients, and dig into how to coach fat loss in a way that has your clients. Like consistently make progress and um, like like in a way like like how to have conversations with them that make a difference consistently, and so that'll be that'll be really really fun you know like um, how do you get them to generate the program and how do you deal with when it's hard and and all all that kind of stuff, so that'll be fun and um, and and really I mean f forget about me you know like come and see like Dan John and Steve Maxwell and Mark Rifkin and Perry Nicholson and yeah yeah all these amazing type people. Hold on just a second. Let me actually. Cool. Well, you know, that sounds great. And well, you know, the reason I wanted to ask you about it is because I just became aware of it a couple of days ago. So, and it looked like a fantastic event. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be, um, it's in San Diego. And there it is 20th through 22nd of March. All right. So. Excellent. Cool. Well, again, I'll attach a link for that in the show notes for this episode. Where do people go to find you and connect online? Uh, best place to find me is losestubbornfat.com. That is my blog. And um, from there, you can find links to my Twitter and Facebook and where else, uh, wherever else you want to catch me. But um, I try and post really great content about fat loss um, on the blog as often as possible and dig in on fun celebrity workout <laughs> fails and successes and very cool. So that's where to catch me. That's awesome. So I have one more question for you, but uh, yeah. I just wanted to ask um, anything else that you'd like to mention before I ask you that question? Uh, no. All right. No, that's good. Then we are good to go. So as I wrap up, I want to ask, or I always ask each guest to give something actionable after hearing this interview. So someone that's listened through to our entire discussion today, what action do you have that everyone can take away and apply right now? Awesome. I would have you uh, sit down, um, right out of the listeners, sit down and take a look at what worked and what didn't work in their food plan last week or, or la lack of plan. Um, and uh, look at where things didn't go the way that they wanted them to go. And then create a couple, create a couple strategies for what they can do to overcome that. And so whatever that is, whether that was a social thing or whether that was like a time thing, or um, or what or even a stress thing. Look at what could I do strategically to make that easier next week, and then um, and then implement that plan, and then look at how well they implemented that plan, and then do the same thing again next week, and just look at what's one thing I did last week that I could kick up a notch. That's awesome. You know, I, I um, I'm trying to think. I read an article about this recently, or I've talked about it recently, but kind of. Really look at you know what's working and what what's not working, and mm -hmm. so I think that that's great great advice. So oh oh one yeah. one one other thing oh man this is huge the the other side <laughs> of that coin and, and you just mentioned it that's what that's what yeah um, look at look at what is working yes Definitely yes <laughs> what is working yeah and, um, and this is the question that I ask every single client every single time we remeasure. Well that right? yeah, I like, mean that's that's the big thing Josh isn't it? I mean hey you know look at what's working and what's not working and yeah. You know, and make the adjustments along the way. I mean, and that's what's going to lead you down that path to getting the results that you want. So yeah, and and when you look at what is like, when you look at what is working, you can see like, hey, wait, I can I can actually keep doing that. Yes, and that yes. actually builds their confidence to be like, hey, wait, I actually I'm actually figuring out the you know how this all works, and I can actually do this, and that's huge, also. Absolutely. Well, Josh, thanks a lot, man. This has been great. Uh, great source yeah, of information about fat loss. I hope people go and uh, check out your book. Again, it's really, really a, a special book. So congratulations on that. And uh, thanks, thanks so for your time here. You got it, man. All right, guys, let me wrap up the episode here and give you a few key takeaways about the book and about this approach. First of all, the approach really makes fat loss simple. And I really feel like if people apply the principles and concepts that are outlined in the book, 
it will make fat loss very achievable for many, many people. So it's a really great book. And like I mentioned in the interview, this is the book that I will now refer people to when they ask about fat loss. Number two is it really explains the quality, quantity, and ratios very well. I really like that. And this is really an important point to understand. Now, we touched on this in the interview, but you want to make sure that you read this and really understand it and, uh, and, and understand the importance of quality, quantity, and the macronutrient ratios. Very, very important. And then number three, fat loss truly is about habits. It's the successful, consistent habits that we have that will make fat loss very sustainable. And this book outlines what is most important in terms of the habits for fat loss. So great, great information. And these are just a couple of the takeaways from the book. Be sure to check out the show notes for episode number 99 for things that we discussed in this interview session. And finally, get ready for the milestone 100th episode of the Ardella Training Podcast coming next week. This is one you will not want to miss, and it's going to be really, really fantastic. I'm excited about the guest, and it's, it's a guy that I've wanted to have on the podcast for a long time, and I think you're going to really, really love it. And guys, let me tell you this also. There are a ton of great interviews on the way, and We're 100 episodes into the Ardella Training Podcast, and we're just scratching the surface here on what is to come. So that's a wrap, guys. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time, and happy holidays. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Ardella Training Podcast. Go to ardellatraining.com right now to join Scott's tribe of passionate fitness enthusiasts. Get valuable updates and resources that will help you take it to the next level. Train strong. We'll catch you next time on the Ardella Training Podcast.